Welcome to the Journey Beyond Divorce podcast, where we invite you into a journey of healing and personal transformation that will radically change your divorce experience, heal your heart while refining your character, and set you up to be effective and feel empowered as you navigate the practical and emotional challenges of divorce. I'm your host, Karen McMahon, founder of Journey Beyond Divorce. My divorce brought me to my knees, and it also transformed me and set me on this path to help you. Our team of JBD coaches support men and women to engage in divorce with more calm, clarity, and confidence through our one-on-one coaching, group programs, online courses, and free resources. So the bedroom may be a place where you also do your work and you have piles of laundry everywhere and you, um, you have a nightstand, but it's like whatever. So it's really basically creating a cocoon for yourself that is about rest and sleep, being able to separate the daytime activities, which may still have to happen in that room, but really zone into your place of letting go and being you know, whatever things remind you of letting go, to have them around in your bedroom, to really remind yourself that it's an okay place to stop doing, and it's good to stop doing. Embarking on the journey into the next chapter of your life after divorce is often met with a mixture of excitement and fear. Everything is affected. Transitioning home and career, managing your finances, parenting as a single mom or dad, and managing the emotions around step-parents in your children's lives. The world of online dating, reconnecting with who you want to be in this new chapter of life, and finding your passion, purpose, sensuality, sexuality, and so much more. Tune in as we speak to the experts in every area of post-divorce life and support you to enter and navigate it as an adventure with a growth mindset and a heart of possibility. Welcome, Sandra Kornblatt. I'm happy to be here. I am really excited about this conversation. Stop chasing sleep and engage in the seven pathways to rest. For all of you listening, uh, we've all been there. Our monkey mind is uh, going crazy in the past or the future, or even what's going on in the present. And either you can't get to sleep or you fall fast asleep because you're emotionally and physically exhausted. And then someplace between 2 and 4 a.m., your eyes open up and that's the end of sleep. And so as we continue this healthy living portion of our Life After Divorce series, I thought Sandra would be the perfect uh, guest to come and talk to us about how, about the importance of sleep and how to address your sleep challenges differently. And she has seven pathways that I'm very excited to hear about and share with you. So with that being said, Sandra, how did you, uh, how did you get into this field of sleep? By not sleeping. (laughs) (laughs) What else? Um, It was, oh boy, it's almost 20 years ago, but I had 
chronic insomnia. I used to have insomnia for PMS or perimenopause or jet lag or anxiety. And this was not it. It was like most nights out of the week, I was awake in the middle of the night. I'd fall asleep okay. And then at like two or three in the morning, it would be, my body felt like it was 10 in the morning. You know, it's just like, I'm awake. So frustrating. I had two young kids, was not the mother of the year. I would fall asleep. I'd be awake for a couple hours, fall asleep right before the alarm went off. Um, and then just sort of drag myself out of bed. I tried everything. I was not into pharmaceuticals because um, I get very sensitive to them. But, you know, anything from, oh, magnesium and melatonin and calcium and tryptophan and having turkey before I went to bed and not eating after eight and having a glass of wine and not having a glass of wine and exercising, but not too late. And, you know, just the whole, the whole thing. And, you know, if anything helped, it would help for a night or two, but nothing really worked. Right. So the fortunate thing is for me um, and for the program that I developed, I've always been, how do I describe it? A fan of uh, inner growth, inner development, really understanding who I am to be a, to, to move through patterns and be more present. And I realized that um, backing up two young kids, I had no time to practice any of the tools I had during the day, but there it was, I had three hours in the middle of the night. So I started yep, practicing some of the tools that had been suggested in therapy or books or, you know, whatever. And I found that they moved me into this place of deep rest, really deep rest. And in the morning, I felt more alert, which was really interesting. So I spent the rest of that eons of insomnia, which I no longer have anymore. It was actually from some medications I was taking. Um, but before that happened, I spent that, that eons of insomnia understanding rest, what was the value of rest, did some research on that, understanding how rest is linked to sleep, because it really is actually the first part of sleep, um, and looking at the obstacles that were in the way of rest and developing tools that could I could use to move through those obstacles so that pretty much no matter what happens, I can move into that place of rest and welcome sleep because it does, it's, it opens the door to sleep. Yeah. And, and until we spoke uh, the other day, I had never heard that concept that rather than, and, and I love the chasing sleep because certainly in my perimenopausal days, uh, I was same thing, young children and just do it. The things that I would do to try and catch some sleep, uh, fairly ineffectively, by the way. So, uh, can you just, before we go into the seven pathways, uh, what does, um, what does the lack of rest and sleep do to one? Um, and, and can we just talk a little bit about the importance of that before we dive into your yeah. solution? Yep. Oh boy. Um, name something. And it's, if you if you don't sleep and rest, you don't have it. You know, it's just, I mean, from your ability to think, your ability to uh, remember things, your ability to handle your emotions, um, reducing anxiety and depression, increasing your happiness, making your hormones function better, um, helping you with your body metabolism, um, 
athletes are now really into sleeping for nine or 10 hours a night because it makes them function better. Um, your body, we don't live in an in a always on world despite our culture. Our bodies, our lives need that balance. Um, so whatever feels out of balance, sleep can really affect that quite a lot. So if you're, for instance, in the midst of divorce or a high conflict divorce, or you're navigating single parenting with children of whatever age and juggling that and work and your finances and maybe even wanting a love life and your capacity to juggle all of this, to show up um, what we like to say, calm, clear, and confident and be effective is severely hampered when you're not getting the rest and sleep that you need is what I'm hearing you say. That's absolutely true. And it's a paradox because we feel like, I mean, anybody, but especially the people you, you that are going through divorce or single parenthood, which I've been in and, you know, all of those things, you have a list that's as long as both arms, Right. right. Um, and so you feel like you have to do and get stuff done and check things off the list. But the truth of the matter is that your that that get up and go is not the only part of you that's getting things done. You have such a reserve of insight and wisdom in your unconscious mind, in your dream state, in that ability for that part of your get up and go to rest and relax, that it, it has more um, effectiveness when you can let go. Um, and it's a tricky thing to learn how to do that. Yeah. I heard a saying once that, you know, if you toil all day with a dull tool, you don't get very much done. But if yeah. that tool is very sharp, you can get much more done in a short period of time. And so if we consider ourselves the tool and the rest, the ability to sharpen that. And I love what you said, the subconscious tapping into your intuition, coming up with creative solutions. So, so, so it's almost like we're running on a treadmill, getting exhausted and not going too far right. when we're lacking in sleep and rest. That's exactly right. And, and it seems counterintuitive because I know as a single parent, I couldn't get up early enough, work fast enough, stay up late enough. And get my list done. And so, uh, so this is a perfect segue into you have, um, seven pathways to rest. And I would love for you to share those, uh, with our listeners and, uh, and, and then we'll find out more at the end about how they can engage with you. That's great. Yeah. So rest sounds easy, right? You just lie there and there you go, you rest. But it's true that that doesn't happen in a blink of an eye. There are obstacles to moving into that deep rest place. And the seven pathways are basically using each of those, those pieces to help you actually move into rest instead of getting blocked. So the very first one is what is your relationship to sleep and rest? Because if you're chasing sleep, you're actually keeping yourself awake. But if you allow yourself to rest, you are starting the process of sleep, you're renewing, you are actually helping yourself. So that's one balance. You know, if you're sitting and you're looking at your clock going, I have been awake for 25 minutes, 26 minutes, 27 minutes, you know, you're not going to get there. Have you right? been a fly on the wall of my bedroom? <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Yeah. So watching the clock, chasing sleep is just one of the obstacles. And the pathway is to really allow yourself to rest. The second path, what were you going to ask? Yeah. Nope, nope. That's good. 
Okay. The second pathway is your relationship with your environment, because everybody has had the list of what environment are you supposed to have to sleep? And people do everything. And it's very helpful to have a dark, cool, quiet place. But if your place doesn't feel like it's supporting you, it's your cocoon. It's a place where you can let go. You can, you can be in a hotel room that has all these perfect pieces in it. Well, maybe not a hotel room because you don't have things bugging you, but you, it's, it's a part of where you're going to let go that you really treat with honor and respect. And then there's also some tools to help you manage when your, your environment isn't perfect because nobody's environment is completely perfect. So can you, uh, can you uh, drill down in that a little bit? So for instance, what would be an example of somebody's bedroom, but that isn't actually a safe or good environment? What does that look like? So the bedroom may be a place where you also do your work and you have piles of laundry everywhere and you, um, you have a nightstand, but it's like whatever. So it's really basically creating a cocoon for yourself that is about rest and sleep, being able to separate the daytime activities, which may still have to happen in that room, but really zone into your place of letting go Mm. and being, you know, whatever things remind you of letting go to have them around in your bedroom, to really remind yourself that it's an okay place to stop doing and it's good to stop doing. So would you say, uh, I I always uh, get the sense that outer chaos creates inner chaos. And so like just the concept of the unfolded laundry being at the foot of the bed or the chair right next to the bed, like all this stuff, the chaotic nightstand that if one has less um, clutter and chaos, at least in their view, that 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 helps. Um, okay. So that's, that's one example. Are there any other examples? Because I'm sure that the listeners are going, Hmm, first time I thought about what does that look like? Um, if there's a vacation place you love having pictures there, if you want to connect more with the earth, having plants there, um, there are ways to listen to, I mean, I, I, I'm a big fan of white noise machines. They work for some people. They don't work for everybody. But my belief is that white noise sounds like our lives in utero before we were born, when we were Mm. cared for. It's that you know, sound. Um, You know, so ways that we really tap into um, our places of letting go. Um, And, you know, sometimes there's noises. Um, Where was I? I was someplace where there I was vacationing somewhere and the noise was slightly erratic. And so every time there was a noise, it sort of startled me. And I started to listen to the silence between the noise and allowing myself to rest just a minute and then started to listen how the sound came and went. And the sound, instead of becoming a punch, became a wave. Mm. So there's some ways that, you know, you can deal with it. And I honor, you know, that if you have somebody who needs a CPAP machine snoring next to you, um, you know, or your uh, kids bang on the door in the middle of the night, of course, you're going to respond to that. But there are some ways to make it less invasive. Beautiful. So uh, we have the obstacles, relationship with rest and sleep, relationship with your environment. What comes next? Your relationship with your body. 
Now, everybody thinks, oh, I've got a great relationship with my body because they have a body, you know, it's like you can't, you can't, uh, you really can't uh, sort of leave um, the experience of being human too long. Um, but the thing is that most of us in this top down society treat our bodies like second class citizens. So we give our bodies the minimum they need, the minimum exercise, the minimum good food, and we expect them to obey you know, sort of like being our, our servant in some ways. But there is so much more wisdom, peace, um, uh, presence when we have a relationship with our body that allows us to move into a deeper sense of what the body wants. And it's a matter of looking at how we can create pathways to really connect with the body because the body wants to rest and sleep. Um, and that's where the urge is coming from. So it can't just be, yeah, go rest and sleep and go away so I can get my stuff done. It's really, what does the body want? How does it feel? What, is, what does my heart feel like when it rests? What does the back of my neck feel like when it rests? What does it feel like to be alive in this body? Um, and that's a very powerful tool to balance the, the, the mind preoccupation is where else can you go? So does that include um, noticing that if you have a glass of wine or a cup of ice cream late at night, that your body might be more or less resistant to rest? Like, is it, does it, so it involves what we put in our body. So what I love about this is everything is an invitation for us to raise our uh, level of consciousness. And what I'm hearing you say is noticing what we have in our bedroom, uh, noticing how we think about rest, noticing what we put into our body or do with our body. Uh, or how we care for our body. Right, yeah. right, right. So I sit a lot because of what I do. And so uh, perhaps doing my stretching at the end of the day instead of the beginning of the day where my body is more um, flexible when I go to bed might actually be a really valuable step in the right direction. And that's the kind of thing that you're talking about. Exactly. exactly. Stretching, stretching, by the way, is a really lovely thing to do to help you self-rest. So yeah, it's a good idea. Thank you. We have a special gift for you. Whether you're still emotionally entangled with your ex or not, imagining and creating your life after divorce can feel surreal for some, terrifying for others. Fears and limiting beliefs around financial security, building new friendships, health and fitness, and even finding healthy love can interfere with your ability to create the life you desire. Journey Beyond Divorce coaches can help you get clear on what you want and the obstacles that are keeping you stuck and guide you in manifesting your ideal life. We're here to help you enter this new chapter with more confidence and enthusiasm with a free jumpstart call. Visit journeybeyonddivorce.com backslash jumpstart to book your call today. So the next pathway, are you ready for that one? Yep. 
All right. Is your relationship with your mind, right? That, that monkey mind. <laughs> that monkey mind. You know, I'm so grateful we have these minds. They really help us get stuff done. If you know of anybody who has dementia or has taken too many, um, too much alcohol or too many drugs, you're like, no, we need their mind. We need the mind. But the mind in this culture and in ourselves, we think of the mind as the top dog. And the mind thinks of itself as the top dog. So in the middle of the night, when your mind's coming up with problems, it's like, listen to my problems. Whatever else you have that's going on, this problem is the most important. And we start to believe that our minds kind of act like bullies a little bit. You know, it's like, they're like, no, don't pay attention to your body because this is important. We have to think about it. But the truth of the matter is our minds need rest. Our minds do much better when they have rest. So having a relationship with the fact that your mind is constantly going to come up with problems, that's just what it does. If you solve one problem, it'll come up with another one, sort of the what-if world. So to be able to have a relationship with your mind where you honor it, thank you, mind, and you don't pay as much attention to it is really key. We're not talking about becoming enlightened. You know, the whole idea that you shouldn't have any thoughts is is a myth a little bit you know i mean maybe there are a few people who can do that and it's wonderful but it's not that's not the pathway right. the pathway is having a relationship to the mind that's different right i just did a, a another episode um on our jbd team talks where i talked about the monkey mind and it being like the tail wagging the dog mm-hmm. that that it's running us and that when you become conscious of it and you start paying attention to it and right you're not trying to control it you're not going to control it but the the ability to again bring that conscious attention and start noticing how often you run away on the back of a thought and you're emotionally engaged and you know minutes if not an hour has gone by so i think that's what you're talking about is really beginning to notice um who's in charge and and i'm sure you have a lot of ways in your program to begin to to shift that so that's beautiful so if you guys are um nodding your head as i am (laughs) uh regarding your monkey mind and and what it does to you in the wee hours of the morning um keep listening in so the next one is our relationship to what emotions ah yes um it's important to for conversational purposes to separate the terms of the mind and emotions because the mind can come up with I don't know, worries about how you're going to redecorate your your living room. But when you have a physical sensation that's associated with a thought, that thought feels really true. Um, So the example I use is um, when I was, my daughter was learning to drive. um, And at night I had her text me when she left somewhere and text me when she got there. And she was a teenager. Sure, mom, I'll do that. It's like, would she do that? No. So I would be up in the middle of the night with spinning stories around how she must have been in an accident. That's why she didn't reach out to me. Where is she? When is she going to be back? And when my body started getting into that panic state, I was sure she was in an accident. I'd look it up online. There was no accidents. So it was like, okay, there was no accidents. But my body and mind were so engaged that it was like, oh, I must be into, must be an intuition. I must be knowing it in advance. I could not let go of the truth of this feeling. So it's really important to honor how emotions work, 
how they take over your sense of being, and they can be really useful tools for letting you know what's going on in the world. But I really offer ways, and I really offer ways where you can have a relationship with your emotions. You're not telling your emotion, again, not to exist, but how can you create nanoseconds of rest to lower that spiral? So instead of your thought and your emotion and your thought and your emotion, it's like on your body sensation, your body sensation lowers, your thought lowers. Oh, it worries. Okay, it lowers again, it lowers again, so that you have room around your emotions that you can rest. Right. Yeah, no, that makes so much sense. And so often we're talking to our clients about how their thoughts are hardwired into their emotions. And so when the mind gives you a problem or a story, that's not really a true story, a liar, right? Because right? it's such a liar. And then you get emotionally embroiled in that. Um, and then your body gets tense in whatever way you're really spiraling in the opposite direction than you actually want to be going, which right. makes so much sense. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And it's really important to honor the body's relationship in that because because yeah. when you have an emotion that your body's responding to, it feels true. It may not be true, right. but if, you know, it's like, okay, my body feels that it's true and we'll see if that's actually the fact. Right. Right. Wow. So this is great. So our thoughts, our feelings, and then the next one, this is a big one, our relationship to a bigger presence. We feel like we are alone in the world. You know, we are in some ways. We have our own bodies and we have our own lives and, you know, people are either there for us or not. But the truth of the matter is that we have connections. We connect to other people. That's one of the reasons that divorce is hard because we've lost what we were hoping for in that connection. Yep. Um, and, and when we feel, when we're awake in the middle of the night, lots of times we feel jealous of other people who are sleeping we feel um, isolated. We feel like nobody's there to help us. And the, this pathway is about connecting to something bigger than yourself. It can be a spiritual sense of self. It can be nature. It can be your neighbors. It can be your family. But really finding paths so that you don't feel so alone and you, your body remembers that connection. So that's a piece. And there's a whole practice around that. that yep. Each yeah. each of these pathways has many tools, many okay. tools. And, you know, and I really like to customize the work that I do for people rather than saying, okay, here are your tools. What's wrong with you if they're not working? It's like everybody's individual. Right. So we come up with different paths that work. Right. right. And so, the, and then we have the last one, which is. Your sense of self. And, mm. and, and this is a, it's going to be a, on, happen on so many levels. I believe we have many senses of ourselves. And sometimes one gets so big that we ignore the other pieces that are around us. So, um, you know, some of it can be attention. You can be thinking about having a lovely time and then you fall and, sc and scrape your knee and all of a sudden your whole sense of self is built around your body. You know, some people, you know, are so interested in, um, you know, being strong and productive and capable people that they lose their sense of quiet and compassion and creativity, you know, so it's a matter of looking at the different levels of physical, mental, emotional, um, in some ways reflecting each of these pathways in terms of what's your intention? You know, how do you want to be your best self? Because if you're not who you want to be in the day, 
you can use the tools to rest and they work. But when you know who you are during the day, then those tools are less of a hill to move into rest. Right. Is that making sense? Yeah. I mean, it sounds like you really have a, a rock solid foundation um, to, to then, you know, uh, begin this process of finding rest. And, uh, and so what I love about this program is it's, it's all uh, a walk down the path of uh, an intentionally conscious lifestyle that leads to rest and sleep. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. And you know, the word that keeps coming up for me is an intentionally kind lifestyle. Lots of times people, um, people see conscious as this, you know, it's like you, you need to be conscious, you need to be, pay more attention and can often um, have that sense of not being good enough. But the truth of the matter is that when you treat yourself with kindness, that is one of the first steps to consciousness. Mm. Um, and to accept that you are imperfect, you are, hu you are human, um, and that's fine. And there's choices you can still make. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, so often if you've ended up in, in a divorce, there's a sense of failure. There's very often a sense of self-condemnation for one or many reasons. And, um, shifting that to self-compassion and kindness uh, in every area and here even in the area of sleep and rest is is vital to to healing and being able to live a, a fulfilling life. And so can you share, th this sounds great, I've never heard anything like it. Uh, can you share uh, one or two examples of, of uh, people you've worked with and the impact that this program has had on them? Yeah, there was um, a man I've been just ended working with who is in the middle of deciding if he wants to be divorced, um, has a lot of anxiety and depression and was uh, mad at himself for using medication uh, when he couldn't sleep. Um, and we worked together on creating some alternative pathways for him when he couldn't sleep and was anxious so that he could move into rest. And he... Um, has very, very rarely uses medication anymore. Um, and he, he really has embraced the sense of, it's not just an on off switch, you know, it's just that process of how to be kind to himself instead of that anger about sleep isn't happening, what's wrong with me, I should be different, you know, all of those kind of things where he has some pathways. After I work with people for um, going through the seven pathways, we come up with a lullaby. So he has his own sense of which path, which tools work for him. Mm -hmm. And he can do that to sort of, to soothe himself. There was another woman who I worked with who's um, had an older brother who died of SIDS um, before she was born. And her mother, she couldn't understand why she felt so anxious about sleep. I mean, just going to sleep made her anxious. And we looked at and sort of unpack the piece about her brother dying of SIDS and her mother, the way she went to sleep as a child was, are you going to wake up? Are you going to wake up? So she, she had that in her body of just this fear of sleep. Wow. And so we worked on pathways where she could soothe herself, remind herself that this feeling was 
intergenerational. It wasn't even hers. Um, so that she could have her truth develop where she could accept the value and the ability to rest and move into that place of welcoming sleep without that that fear of it at the same time. That's really powerful. That's that's a pretty amazing story. So is this a is this seven pathways a, a one-on-one program, a group program, an online program? How does it work? Right now it's coaching. I'm developing an online uh, program that I hope to be out soon, but um, I know better about time than to say when. Um, uh, and so I like to work with people for sleep and lots of times I work with them longer for a long time sort of coaching afterwards. But the sleep program, the seven pathways is 10 sessions um, so that we can do an introduction really um, uh, What's the word I'm looking for? It's not introduction. Um, like a discovery? Yeah. Well, it's, it's uh, it, somehow the word has slipped my mind, but basically an assessment, an initial assessment. Nice. Um, uh, and then we go through each of the pathways um, and we come up with tools and we look at how they work and we customize how they work. And the thing is that the feeling about rest deepens over time with, our, with my clients because it's like, yeah, rest. Yeah, I'm going to rest. That sounds good. Yeah, rest. I didn't rest. What's wrong? You know, and then you're like, oh, I'm going to use this pathway to rest. Okay, I rested a little bit. Oh, oh, now I'm going to rest a little more. So it deepens over time as people work with it. Um, and then we come up with a lullaby. Um, and then sometimes for people, you know, there are pieces underneath the sleep issues that it's helpful to have somebody to talk to about. Right. Um, so both of those things as a life coach and a sleep coach, I offer both of those, but the sleep piece is really, oh, it's such a gift because people are sort of banging their heads against the wall and for them to discover that there's a pathway of kindness that they can deal with something that um, has started to feel shameful and they're mad at themselves, they can't sleep, that there's just this sense of wholeness that they can start to develop when they know that they can they can do something instead of waiting and hoping that sleep will finally come, you know, that they can actually do something instead. Yeah, no, it, it sounds like you offer uh, a, a rock solid solution. Um, and I think for many of us who've tossed and turned and tried the lavender and the melatonin and the 600 other things, uh, and they, like you said, they might work a little bit, but uh, they're not long lasting. And um and it sounds like you have a, a solution that uh, changes your relationship with rest and sleep and therefore makes it long lasting, which is just beautiful, Sandra. I love that. Uh, is there anything I haven't asked you um, or are there any last words of wisdom that you have for our listeners before we wrap up? Mm. You know, I, I've always had words of wisdom. I love to talk to people about this, but you know, I think that if anybody wants to check it out tonight for themselves of just exploring, exploring what is your body, what is your mind, what is that experience of rest, even for what I call a nanosecond, because even a nanosecond of rest will reset your mind and your body system. Mm. Um, so to be able to embrace and hold yourself in kindness as you move into rest, I think is a really, really useful tool. Beautiful. Where can our listeners find you? 
My website is restfulinsomnia.com and I have um, a free giveaway of uh, uh, audio and a PDF called uh, First Steps to Deeper Rest. Um, and that can, that's an uh, audio guide to help, helping people find rest in their bodies. Um, and you know, can sign up for a mailing list and I have free consultation sessions if people are curious. So. Beautiful. We're going to have all of that in the show notes for you. So take a look there. And Sandra, thank you so much. This has been really interesting, really unique and new information. I know that there are a lot of people listening who are going to benefit and go and check out Sandra's website, grab her free giveaway and reach out for a consult. If this is something you're struggling with, uh, you don't have to. There is a really um, beautiful way through to the other side of this. So thank you, Sandra. Thank you. I just, I just want to say, I really appreciate the heart with which you hold your clients. I just feel it really strongly and it's really a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you so much. And we will be back again real soon with another episode of Life After Divorce. So stay tuned. Thanks for joining us on the Journey Beyond Divorce podcast. I hope you found guidance and encouragement to help you along your journey. If you like my podcast, please take a minute to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. You can also visit us at jbddivorcesupport.com, where our team of coaches support both men and women through our one-on-one -on -one coaching, group programs, online courses, and free resources. Stay tuned for our next episode and I'll talk to you soon.